0: welcome back everyone to what's to play we're back for our weekly nfl breakdown but we wanted to start off this week with our notable contenders from each conference so we're going to go through who we think are the top four teams in the afc and the top four teams in the nfc and then after that we'll do our notable games of the week as usual so starting with the afc i will go through my picks first but i don't think there's much debate in this one i think the top four teams have kind of separated themselves through six weeks of football pretty clearly starting of course, with the Kansas city chiefs um, who had a really impressive game against the bills this, this week, because I think it was a, I think it was a way of them showing that they can beat you in multiple ways. We know Kansas city typically has a team that likes to throw the ball a lot um, and likes to spread things out and just use their speed, their speed guys and their, Really good quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, too, um, who like usually slings the ball around. But we saw a bad weather game up in Buffalo. Um, it was really rainy and it was really wet. And the way that Buffalo decided that they would defend Kansas City is by just rushing three and making passing really difficult for Mahomes by, um, with a zone defense. And you rush three guys, all they did was run the ball all day, and it worked. I think they had over 250 yards um, in rushing between Clyde and the backup running backs, and they were able to win that game. So seeing them before Le'Veon Bell even comes into the system, be able to run the ball like that was really, really impressive. Um, it was a really good game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to show off his skills as a running back. And um, it just shows that Kansas City has evolved past being just a passing team, that they can beat you in multiple ways because of how well coached they are. And I think this team has showed themselves to be to still be the best team in the AFC. Secondly, I have the Baltimore Ravens, um, a team that just got a bit better on defense, had it up trading for um, Yannick Ngaku from the Minnesota Vikings. So an already really good suffocating defense just got a bit better. And they're looking at adding Des Bryant as another wideout for Lamar to throw the ball to. So a team that, is not having the historic season that they had last year, but still looks really good. I think defenses are kind of figuring out Lamar a little bit, but I think that's something that he's going to, throwing the ball is something that he's going to keep working on. And if they're able to add another weapon, I think it's something that's going to help them get things rolling a bit better as well. Obviously, we know that they're still basically the best rushing offense in the league with their three-headed monster that they have in the running backs, as well as the quarterback himself. So I think that the Ravens are still going to be a really tough team to beat this year. Right after that, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we're going to give a lot of respect to this podcast. Um, Both of us, I think, because we have been really skeptical of them um, in the offseason and in the first few weeks of the season. But I think um, since last week, they've really proven themselves to be one of the best contenders in the league. Um, I think they have the best defense in football, and I don't think it's particularly close um they have a no team has been able to rush against them so far this season and um with that kind of suffocating defense that they have and pretty much no weaknesses um cuz they have a good secondary as well with Minka Fitzpatrick they don't need a great offense to win games they just need a mediocre offense which i think they have big ben has proven to still be serviceable they have their running backs with James Conner and Benny Snell, and Chase Claypool has evolved as a huge star. And, of course, Juju in the slot. So they have the weapons on offense. Big Ben can get the has proven that he can get the ball to them, and they still run the ball really well. So the Steelers um, definitely deserve to be considered a contender at this point in the season, and I think they've proven that. And my fourth and final team is the Tennessee Titans, who are surprisingly more of an offensive team this year. Uh, typically known to be a really, a pretty good defense, but that's not so much the case anymore. I see if is going to go over that in a bit, but, um, but yeah, Ryan Tannehill is look really, really good. Really impressive. Obviously, as soon as you leave NM games, all of a sudden you're a MVP contender, but, um, Ryan Tannehill has looked really good as a quarterback. He threw for over 350 last week. And of course, Derek Henry, um, after slow first couple of weeks has kind of come into form. Again, as the leading rusher in the league, um, unstoppable. Just King Henry, just an absolute monster. Um, <laughs> and I think I think those two guys are going to lead, lead this team pretty deep into the playoffs again this year. So those are my four in the AFC. What do you have, Vesiosa?
1: Very interesting that we actually do have the same top four, but just in a pretty different order, I think. Yeah. Um, obviously, number one, the Chiefs. Defending champs, can't really go against them. And you made a very important point that they've been able to win in multiple ways this season. And that is what a championship team needs to be able to do. And obviously the loss against the Raiders was a bit disappointing, but it was really nice to see them bounce back on the road against a really good team in pretty bad weather. So that's a tell of a championship team if they're able to bounce back when they're not at their best and beat a caliber team on the road. And it's important to note that they're ninth in scoring offense and also ninth in scoring defense. So very complete and playing some very complimentary football at the moment. Mahomes hasn't looked as, you know, MVP as we're used to him seeing. And he hasn't been getting the ball out as quick as he should. And a lot of the pressures that has been on that team are his fault. And his mechanics have slipped a little bit, but I think I think they'll be able to get back on track. Not really worried about that team. And second, I actually have the Steelers. Mm. Um, that might be a surprise, but they're fourth in offense, and scoring offense, and third in scoring defense. So top five in both, that's unbelievable. They haven't played, you know, the top, top competition yet, but this weekend they're going to have a true test and we'll kind of be able to see where they measure up but I just think that defense is unbelievable. Mike Tomlin knows the identity of this team. Big Ben has been able to get the ball to his playmakers in key moments, You know, keep, keep drives moving, and their defense has been coming up with awesome turnovers, and they're pressuring opposing quarterbacks at a 50% clip. You're not going to lose many games if you're pressuring the, the opposing qu- quarterback 50% of the time, and there's not going to be a lot of big plays against your defense. So that's very important to see, and I have them at number two. Number three, I actually have the Titans,
0: Hmm.
1: just because I think they'll—they're able—they're a lot more flexible on offense. Because Derrick Henry, you've got that amazing rushing attack. Ryan Tannehill has been feeding off play action this entire season, and he's looked amazing. AJ Brown—he's only going to get better. More chemistry with Ryan Tannehill and that tight end, and they—they've been putting up points. They're second in scoring offense. Unfortunately, their defense is not the greatest. They're 15th. But I just think if if their defense is able to get key turnovers, that offense is going to be able to mask all the issues on that side. And in fourth, I have the Ravens. People may be surprised, but I'm just not 100% convinced that they can win in all the ways you need to be a championship team. Or if they even believe that they can come from behind, like in games against the Kansas City Chiefs, they just looked completely out of it once they were down. And this past weekend was worrying that they even let the Eagles come back from that huge deficit. There's We've seen some, some signs and some cracks in this team, and yeah. maybe they'll be able to fix them up. But as of right now, they do have the best scoring defense in the NFL, and they're seventh in scoring offense. So... A bright spot but you know when Lamar has to throw and put Mm -hmm. up points put up huge points against teams like the Chiefs or the Titans or the Steelers I just don't think they're better than any of those teams at this moment but Mm -hmm. obviously it's a a long season and we will see a matchup against these teams
0: yeah no I I like the Steelers at two actually I'm not mad at that at all I think the Steelers have earned that and When you think about a championship team like this is this is a storied franchise that's been there before um Mm -hmm. in the past the pats have kind of been their kryptonite but with like the pats being a really different team now than they have been in years past i think this is another year where they can really go deep um and the way they get the ball to the receivers is interesting too like a lot of like when you watch like the way chase Claypool scores they're either really big plays or like one of those jet sweeps that they run with him like kind of coming around into the backfield so um Mm -hmm. yeah I I don't mind the Steelers at two at all I think I think that's a really solid team that um that has proven themselves
1: (laughs) what about the Titans you think they should be above the Ravens or not quite yet
0: um not yet I think I think I like the Ravens still I, I think the what I Kind of valued a lot into my rankings this week for the ravens is that i think they're going to get a bit better like they're, they're a team where um in their front office is always actively looking at ways to get better we saw how much they got better um defensively over in the off season, and we've seen them we've seen them so far been making moves um bringing gaku and bringing des in as well during the season so i i think i think their defense gets a bit better and i think and i don't think lamar still has some stuff to figure out but i think he can so um, I, I think they're a bit better than the Titans still because of how bad the Titans' defense is. Uh, I think they're just a bit more of a balanced team, and um, they they might not have to throw right is a thing. Like the way they run the ball, I, I think that's something that they could sustain and keep doing that. I don't think they need to. I don't think they need to move away from who they are, um, come playoff time, because like unless obviously would they run into a defense like the Steelers and it's a different story. But I think if they try Mm -hmm. to stick to their identity um, that they could still be successful with that.
1: Yeah. I actually disagree. I think they are going to have to pass at some point because not every game is going to (laughs) go according to your game plan. Like we saw last year in the playoffs, the Titans just came out and out physical that entire team and they just were not able to respond. And I think in today's NFL, if they if the other team they know the ravens run game is the core of that that offense and they're going to be striving to take that away so when that happens you're going to have to come up with another option and you know it it had to happen in that chiefs game and the way that offense was looking mark andrews had really horrible drops the receivers were not helping lamar in any way and I think they are going. They're definitely going to have to get better in that regard if they're going to want to beat the Chiefs. Because you're going to need to score a bunch of points and keep up with them.
0: No, that's fair. And I mean, <laughs> as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, like Ravens Titans, like they play right now. Who wins that game? We saw it last year in the playoffs. So that's, not a- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: that's not
0: a good way of defending my point at all. But um, they're they're good points. I think. For mm-hmm. splitting hairs here, I think that all these teams are really good, but um, but yeah, I, I like the Ravens getting a bit better.
1: Mm-hmm. The season is long, and you know we'll be back in a few weeks, still going over these lists, and we'll see how much they've changed. But I guess we can move on to the NFC, and yeah, I will I'll... actually, I'll go first yes, for this please. one. I <laughs> think you might be a little bit surprised with my picks. Okay, but I think the NFC as of this moment is a bit more wide open. And a lot of these teams do have glaring weaknesses, except for one, and I think you know which one that is, but I still still don't have them number one. But as of this moment, I have the Seahawks number one, just because Russell Wilson has been unbelievable. And I think he is going to continue to be unbelievable. And what really kind of affected my NFC choices right here was consistency. And the Seahawks, they've been, Russell Wilson has been unbelievably consistent and their defense has been consistently bad, but (laughs) at least you know what you're getting. And I think they do have the chance to improve. Jamal Adams coming back, you know, shoring up uh, that backside of the defense. They are first in points, but 18th in defensive scoring. So a lot to work on. And, you know, in the NFC, there are a lot of high powered offenses and If it comes down to it in in the playoffs, your defense has to make a key stop. And I'm not 100% sure the Seahawks can do that right now. But I still have them number one just because Russell Wilson is unbelievable. And I think he's going to be scoring points regardless and Mm. consistently scoring points regardless. And at number two, I actually still have the Packers even though they just got absolutely hogwashed by the Bucs this past weekend. And that's because, again, of the quarterback consistency. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been doing it for so long. Russell Wilson has been doing it for so long. And I don't see that changing. One bad game. You know, every team has a bad game here and there. The way they lost was pretty concerning to me because they just laid down and they didn't fight back after Rodgers threw that pick six and the momentum shifted. But they still have the number three scoring offense, although their defense is twentieth. And these these two top teams, we know they have a glaring weakness, and they know they're gonna need to work on it. Which is why I still have them so high because I believe Pete Carroll, Matt Lafleur, they're gonna work on this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In third, I actually have the Bears. <laughs>
0: what and
1: this is gonna this is going to be really surprising but I did what? say I made these rankings based on consistency and what we've seen so far and the Bears they have been winning consistent consistently it's been close games but they that defense has been unreal consistently unreal and shutting down the opposing offense and that offense, They've been consistently able to get key plays when they need it. And I can't really fault them for that. I still I don't think, I don't think they're better than any of the other teams I have, but I just think they're consistent. And that that is gonna be very big because if you can, if you can be consistent and maintain a certain level in each and every game, you're gonna be winning a lot of games, which is what we've seen from this team. And I think they do have a chance. They have they can get a lot better on offense. They're 27th in scoring offense. They're seventh in defensive scoring, which obviously Khalil Mac and that entire defense has been amazing. But <laughs> I'm not I'm gonna give them credit where credit is due. I still think that Bucks game, they got a lot of help from the refs. But we'll see. They've got a big game against the Rams. Will they be able to shut them down? Will their offense be able to get better? And then fourth, I have the Bucks. Um coming off a huge win against the Packers. And many of many people would have them ranked higher, even at the top right now. I do think they are the most complete team in the NFC right now. They're eighth in scoring offense and eighth in scoring defense. And I think that offense hasn't even scratched the top of their where they're potentially going to be just because people haven't been healthy, but they've been able to get Gronk involved. Evans and Godwin, once they're healthy, I think. This offense completely changes, and as Brady gets more chemistry with the team and the system, the one, the only reason I don't have them ranked higher is again because of consistency. And so far this season, they've been up, they've been down. Last week was probably the most complete game they've played, but I still don't fully trust this team to not beat themselves. They have a great chance to show me that they can be consistent going forward against the Raiders this weekend. That's going to be a big game, but. We shall see. Will the Bucks keep beating themselves, or will they finally reach their potential?
0: I need a moment here. I cannot <laughs> believe what you just said right now. I can't believe that.
1: Am I not Bears. fair? Am I it's not objective? fair? But you have the
0: Bears <laughs> higher than I do. Like, I cannot believe that. That is very. I'm. I'm happy. I'm happy with the with that list. I'm very happy. We have. But the, I have one team that you don't have, and I think, I think you're gonna fight me on it. But let's start with Seattle. Um, top two. We have the same top two teams. Um, starting with Seattle, the reasons you listed, but like you said, um, number one offense in the entire league. I think that's something that is sustainable as well. I think Russ is gonna keep cooking. Um, although they do have the worst passing defense in football right now, but I think that I think I give the coaching staff enough credit to. Fixed, to fix that a little bit, and I think their team, especially this week coming off the bye in Arizona, is going to be really telling to see what they can do defensively, um, because I think they've had some time to work on it. And historically, a really good defensive team. I don't expect them to be this bad going forward. I think I think that's something that's going to balance out a little bit. And if their offense stays the same, I think they're going to be really tough to beat. Um, another quick note is Jamal Adams hasn't really played, um, and I think I think that's a key player, a key, a key acquisition in the offseason that they got. So I think once he gets healthy and um he gets more comfortable with the system, I think he's gonna be a key role in um in that defense getting a bit better. So same concerns as you, but I do think they get better. Green Bay at number two, despite the horrible, horrible loss that they just had. I think, yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna learn from this, from their loss. And I think again, like you said, Aaron Rodgers is gonna bounce back next week. Um it's just the way they lost it was just so reminiscent of how they kept losing to the 49 49ers last year is that when they lose, they don't just lose a bit. They lose badly. Like you said, they lay down and they just let, let the game get away from them. So that's something that I think they have to key on and they have to work on going forward for sure. But they do have a pretty good defense. Um, Devontae Adams just came back and I think that connection is gonna, is gonna, um, resurge as being a really good connection between Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. I also see them as a team that's going to look to add another piece. I'm hoping that they're make a push for some of the receivers that are out there. Seattle is the favorite right now to add, um, Antonio Brown, but I think green Bay's might be looking in that direction as well. I hope that they're able to make a push for someone like Julio. Um, I just think they need another piece because they lost Alan Lazard, um, I don't think Devontae Adams can do it all. And Robert Tanyan, too, hasn't been healthy. I think he got banged up last game as well. So I really hope that they can kind of recognize that this year or these next two years are still prime Aaron Rodgers. And I hope that they're able to kind of make a few moves and see if they can add another piece of the offense. But still a really solid team, um, a good enough defense to go find the playoffs. They know where the deficiencies are early in the season. So hopefully they're working them going forward. At number three, I actually have the New Orleans Saints. And <laughs> the reason that I do is because I knew I knew I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. But um they find ways to win and they're still really well coached. And even though Drew Bees has shown to not be the Drew Bees of old, I think getting Michael Thomas back is gonna be a big difference. I think we don't really remember how good that connection was last year because he hasn't played and he played game. He played in the first game and hasn't played since. And they're just coming off a bye as well. So, I think Michael Thomas coming back is going to make a big, big dif- difference in the quality of play that Drew Brees has, and some of the creative plays that they have with Taysom Hill. I just I trust Sean Payton to to stay creative and that offense to stay good. Alvin Kamara obviously is. Derek Henry is challenging him a bit, but the pass catching of Alvin Kamara, I think, still gives him the edge. as the best back in the game right now with Christian McCaffrey hurt and Saquon Barkley out. Um, so I think I think Drew B still has enough weapons that he to work with. The defense suspect, but so very are the defenses. very suspect, <laughs> but so are the defenses that of the teams that I have above them. Right, Green Bay but, is a little bit but better. Do they have
1: Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? They've got no <laughs> what 40, 40 year old Drew Brees who can't throw more than five yards.
0: I think he could throw that, that. touchdown to Jared Cook last week was was it was a good it was a good throw and that was twenty six yards or so. I think I think Drew Brees levels off a bit. He's had some bad games so far, but um, I I trust that offense as a whole as a, as a team that's going to be pretty good down the stretch. And as my fourth team, it was a cop-out answer, but I actually had the Bears and the Bucks. And let me explain why. It's because to me, these are the exact same teams. To me, these are teams that have top five defenses, top 10 defenses for sure, and offenses that are still finding their way. Um, and obviously we saw the Bears get the edge on... The bucks uh, a couple weeks ago but
1: as of the refs <laughs>
0: <laughs> but after seeing after seeing the way the bucks they have a, they have a top three defense in um in football right now and their blitz is just unstoppable um defensive coordinator's name is todd Bowles,
1: todd
0: Bowles yeah Bowles deserves he's a lot unreal. a lot of credit for the kind of defensive schemes that um that he's been running and with how good that defense is despite. To me, uh, just so far, uh, in, like you said, inconsistent kind of up and down offense. I think um, I think they just have a, a few things to work on on that side of the football. And so do the Bears, right? Nick Foles um, still getting used to everything. And they, they're also another team that could use another weapon. But I think mostly Nick Foles getting a bit better is what they need um, for the Bears. So they're, bo- they're both basically the same team to me. So that's why I kind of have them tied at four
1: one thing for me is the difference between like offensive output we've already seen from the bucks and like the bears the the output has been very very different even though the bucks have been inconsistent and a lot of that inconsistency has been due to injuries i think godwin might actually be the most important wide receiver to Brady. I, I not even might be he definitely is more important to Brady than Mike Evans is yeah. cuz Godwin is that like intermediate guy and he was out for so many weeks and we saw like Brady rely on him in that last in that last game and I think that's going to continue once Godwin gets healthy then Evans gets more involved. You know, I think Brady trusts him enough to throw some 50-50 balls his way once that ankle heals. Mm-hmm. And for me, what has been holding the Bucks back is B- Bucks offense back. Has been injuries and just not being able to play together. But for the Bears, they just don't have a lot of talent on that offense. <laughs> and I'll just,
0: uh, do, Alan, I'll Robinson just flat say. Alan Robinson would have something to Alan Robinson. Robinson the
1: and then <laughs> blank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's you know people are going to key in on Robinson and then what happens? But with the Bucks, you can't double team Evans because Godwin and Gronk are going to be free. You can't who are you gonna double when you have you know out of the backfield? Brady's trusting Rojo even more, and he's been unreal running the football. It's like pick your poison with the Bucks. But the it Bears, is. I just once he, if you take out Allen Robinson, what happens?
0: Yeah, the Bears do have more holes in, in their offense with the Bucks, like Ronald Jones has been playing Really well with Fournette on his way. Like Fournette, I think is gonna might be playing this week coming up, and mm-hmm. Godwin as the most important piece. I completely agree. Godwin was a top five receiver in all of football last year. Godwin is supremely talented. Um, you can't you can't double any of them. So they they do have a lot a lot of weapons um, mm-hmm. in that offense. So yes. it's just it's gonna be a, the, this is where we differ. It's gonna be off to Brady to kind of. Get these guys going and
1: we shall see. We'll see. <laughs> you, you
0: I know I know that you trust that he will do that. So um I think the Raiders game would have been we'll, we'll get to the Raiders game, but I think that would have been a really good game as well to see how good they are. But with all the um with all the guys not playing on the Raiders side, I think that it may not be the game that we want to wanna see. But yeah, these two the both teams I think we should watch. I think we'll know in the next two, three weeks how good they really are. Um mm-hmm we just don't have enough of a sample size yet
1: and i'll say now i think the bucks are winning the nfc south i know you think the saints are winning but i th- i think the Bucs are winning
0: yeah the i, I want to know what what it is about the saints you don't like
1: right now their defense is really really suspect and i don't think they have the offensive play to be able to mask that because in that week 1 game like i watched the bucks like shoot themselves in the foot but that defense completely strapped that offense. If Brady threw a pick six, that gave them seven points. Another yeah. pick gave them a short field. And then that um, special teams fumble gave the Saints offense another short field. Other than that, they it was hard for them to move the ball. Uh, Michael Thomas was <laughs> completely shut down that game mm-hmm. when he was healthy, before he got injured. And Alvin Kamara wasn't able to do too much either. Like he wasn't taking those getting those huge yak yards so i just think i don't i don't think they have the offense to be able to compensate for a defense being so suspect
0: i i I think that's fair so yeah that's definitely where we differ is that we both think the defense isn't very good but i think that um with michael thomas coming back or that the offense gets a little bit more going and i think the time with michael thomas out has really helped drew bees it's forced him to make better connections with guys like um jared cook a bit but mostly emmanuel sanders which is a new piece that jubbies wasn't really comfortable but because michael thomas hasn't been playing he's kind of been forced to get better um I throwing the ball to um emmanuel sanders and i think we saw in their most recent game against the charges that where he threw to, i think he threw to him a touchdown that, that that i think that's where like things maybe have fully clicked so with having both guys back in there um even though he's not throwing it any further than five yards, <laughs> slant, boy, slant Boy, Slant Boy is gonna come back in and
1: he's uh, gonna
0: come back in and make make everything okay. So um, yeah, let's get Slant Boy back in the league and see see what the Saints look like.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: I hope people you know why I'm calling him Slant Boy. That's Michael Thomas <laughs> got into a fight. He got into a fight with his own teammate, and um, I forget who the teammate was, but he was calling him Slant Boy and that made Michael Thomas really bad and he punched him or something
1: <laughs> is is <laughs> it's, true, it's true
0: it's true it's true <laughs> it's true I just don't know It shouldn't offend him like the slant is one of the key there's like a few key routes in the NFL that are just like go-to routes that every receiver runs and the slant is is one of them I don't know why it like offends if him you, so much
1: if you run it correctly yeah you can't defend it if you yeah. run it correctly, the quarterback throws a, an accurate ball. You can't defend that. It's
0: literally, yeah, there's no way. So and he he catches everything. So that's why it's it's perfect for them too. Um that route. So I don't know.
1: We'll see though. I I think if the Bucs can Bucks can be consistent, I think they win the NFC South. Even though the, the Saints do have a pretty cakewalk schedule. Like their toughest games are the Bucks and the Chiefs. And that's that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I, I think. This is a probably a good time to show some love to Carolina as well because they're putting together a decent season without Christian McCaffrey. So,
1: yeah, I think they're all right. I just don't think they knock off either of the Bucks or the Saints. That's
0: fair. And the, the Falcons are not a contender. So yeah,
1: they're the Falcons are out,
0: they're, they're done. Um, yeah.
1: But we can also move on to our notable games for week six and we'll be providing our predictions and probably one big key to the game. So obviously the biggest one we've got is two undefeated teams and the Titans and the Steelers facing off. This was supposed to happen in week four when both of them were three and zero, but because of COVID here we are. And I think it makes it even more exciting to have them win a couple more games each and then face off. So for me, the key to this game is if Derrick Henry can be as explosive as he's been running the football. And what's going to hinder that is the Steelers and their number two rushing defense in the NFL, only giving up 60, 66.2 yards per game. If they bottle up Henry, then Ryan Tannehill and the play-action passes are going to be much less effective. And then you're just going to have Ryan Tannehill dropping back into that ferocious Steelers defense and that ferocious pass rush. And T.J. Watt is just going to have... an tee off, especially because the Titans lost Taylor Lewan, who is their tackle, and that's a very big loss. So for me, I think this game comes down to how effective Derrick Henry can be running the football, especially since these two teams, they have such a strong identity, and they know who they are, and the coaches are going to put them in very successful situations. So it's going to come down to execution and the trenches in this game. And I think the Steelers come out on top. 24 to 27 20 27
0: to 24 I I couldn't agree more with your key of, key of the game if the if Derrick Henry can prove to be the first running back that can run against the Steelers then then they could win the game but I I don't think that happens no one in the league so far has been able to run against the Pistol Steelers it doesn't matter if your name's Saquon doesn't matter if your name's Hunt and I don't think it matters if your name is Henry as well no team has been able to run against them. And I, I don't know why that would change um, this week. So I, I like the Steelers as well. A little bit closer of a game. I think the Steelers get it um, 21-17. I think they put pre- not only can- will they have a tough time rushing the ball, but I think they're going to have a lot of pressure on Tannehill this week as well. And I don't think he's going to be able to make as accurate passes as, as he's been able to. Um, I think another key is... um. John Janu Smith the tight end a pretty big part of that passing attack and he's coming back this week but not at 100% so I think with the limited John is something that's going to hurt them a bit as well um so I I like the Steelers this team is just so so good defensively and I don't I don't think that the Titans defense is going to slow down much of what the Steelers have going on with Chase Claypool and um with the running backs so I think it's it's going to be a really, really exciting matchup with two of the three undefeated teams facing off. Um, but I, I think the Steelers get this one and continue this streak,
1: 21-17. Yeah, for sure. Good thing you mentioned the Titans' defense because I just saw that they have the worst third-down defense in the NFL, letting mm-hmm. up conversions 57.8% of the time. And that is not a formula for winning football. And looking at that stat, I was so shocked that they were they were five and zero. Although most of their games have been very very close, all of their games have been really close. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see why, but I the streak has to stop at some point if your defense is is just being stuck out on the field.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: And our next big game is a reunion with <sighs> Jimmy Garoppolo going back to Foxborough and toting the 49ers with him, that entire team. And, you know, the Pat, this is a very, very important game for both teams, and it can drastically change the trajectory of their seasons. The 49ers are coming in at three and three, and the Pats are sitting at two and three. There's a big difference between four and three and three and four, and there is an astronomical difference between two and four and three and three. So I think both of these teams come out swinging, but the key to this game for me is whether Belichick can take Kittle away from Jimmy Garoppolo and force him to throw. And I think that happens, and I think the Pats come mm. out come out on top, twenty one to seventeen. I think the Pats offense gets a little bit more rhythm, and they're able to put a bit more points on the board. But I think I've the Pats defense has been very solid this entire season except for that Seahawks game but no one can fault for them for that Russell Wilson is just unbelievable and those receivers are just at another plane right now (laughs) (laughs) so for me I think I think the Pats come out really hungry and I I think they get this dub
0: no I, I like that pick and when you look at last week against Denver I think Cam said it himself what was it like practice in two weeks two practices in two weeks maybe so and he literally just he got the virus like he literally just came (laughs) off of the virus I don't think you can hold that game against them at all on the on the 49ers side I I do like um I like Ayuk and I like Debo coming back I like the receivers that they have but yeah can Jimmy get the ball to them especially when Bill Belichick is likely going to try and take away um George Kittle Bill Belichick obviously well known for kind of scheming a way to take away your best weapon and seeing like if you're going to beat me like beat me with anyone else so can you take away kittle though is another thing you have to think about because <laughs> that man that man is unstoppable he's it'll be beast. interesting Is he's a beast and it'll be interesting to see can we get a little bit of stefan gilmore and george kittle will it work maybe i th- I think that might be something that belcher considers so this is a this is a cool matchup um lower scoring as well I think the patch uh, I have it as well I think the Patriots bounce back uh 17 13 another big um a, uh, another big key to this game I think is no moster he's already been ruled out for this game yeah. and the running attack is such a big thing for the 49ers and not they don't have Raheem moster and they don't have Tevin Coleman who's not ready to come back from IR so they're back to that state where they're kind of running things with uh Derek McKinnon, mostly a little bit of Jeff Wilson Jr. So they're really, really depleted at their most, arguably their most important offensive position, which is at the running back position. So I think that's something that hurts them a lot. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be able to get away with a lot of those jet sweeps that they like to do with Debo. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be quite enough of an attack to uh, to win this game. So I think, I think the Pats bounce back as well and and, uh, come back and win 17-13.
1: And next we've got the Seahawks versus Arizona. And this was just flexed to Sunday night football because of concerns with the Raiders and the virus. So we got to see primetime Russ back again. And for me, the key to this game is, will Kyler Murray be able to pass? And I think that is going to be very important in this game because the Seahawks, they have the worst pass defense in the entire NFL. And I just think Pete Carroll is going to come up with a way to make this very tough on Kyler Murray and take away his strong suit. you you know, running out of the pocket and being creative with the plays. And I think they're going to really be able to bottle down on that and keep him in the pocket and force him to throw accurate passes to get to drive down the field and to have consistent drives. And as of this moment, I just don't really see that happening. I was very high on Kyler coming into this season, but so far he hasn't shown to me that he can be, you know, that pass or that great of a pass or to be able to, you know, to lead a team back or in certain situations where the run just isn't there. Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to have that faith in him to do that. So I have the Seahawks winning 27 to 21, um, even though Arizona has a really good defense, although they've been teeing off on a lot of the lowly NFC East teams, but (laughs) we'll see what happens. Divisional games are always tough. And I just, I think the Seahawks come out on top.
0: Yeah. I I love this matchup, especially because like Russell Wilson walks so Kyler Murray can run. Like these guys, like (laughs) Kyler is basically a mini Russell Wilson and, comparisons to Russell wilson are really one of the biggest reasons why kyler was drafted number one overall and so trusted um in the league because kind of like Russell wilson i guess droopies a bit but kind of the first guy that a little bit shorter guy um runs like likes to run a lot but also like a good passer and there were a lot of comparisons between them too and i think um it's gonna be really interesting to watch them face off I I think you're right in some of the questions about Kyler still with his passing, which is really weird because he was really accurate in college. So I think that's something that's going to come a bit with time this season. He looked bad in the first half of the Dallas game, but he looked a bit better in the second half. Not that he had to throw a lot because they just kind of ran away with that game, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch him go at it. I think that in terms of the Seahawks defense, I think off a buy, they're going to be a lot better, especially the passing defense. And that's something that we see a lot with the NFL. Good coaches off a of bye are really tough to beat. Uh, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick off a of bye are really, really tough to beat. So I think I think that's something that's going to work to the advantage of the Seattle Seahawks. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be Seattle winning this game 33-30. to um, But we, really fun matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
1: And our last notable matchup for the weekend is the Raiders versus the Bucks. Obviously a lot of concern with the Raiders offensive line with uh, their left tackle testing positive and them not being able to practice. So that's been a big discussion. Bucks fans were really salty to miss out on a primetime game because they do not get a lot of those. (laughs) So they were pretty bummed out. But for me, this game is going to be all about the big plays for both offenses. And notably, Brady and Derek Carr are actually leading the NFL in defensive pass interference drawn and yards gained. So the discipline for both defenses and their cornerbacks is going to be big too, because those big plays have been key for both offenses. And we'll see which defense is able to limit them more and you know make sure that... The, the opposing offense is able to you know, be more consistent in their drives. And the Raiders do have a lot of faith in their rushing game, but the Bucs have the number one rush defense, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. And especially with the Raiders' O-line being so in question against that Bucks defensive line, I personally don't think this game is going to be too close. I have the Bucks winning 31-20, and yeah, that's me kind of hoping they don't beat themselves and find a way to lose this game because they should be winning.
0: Yeah, I think the key, you mentioned at the beginning, but I think it's a really important point, and it actually might be the key to this game is if the Raiders O-line can play. um, This is something that we're going to find out probably on Friday, maybe even as much as Saturday, but if the game ends up getting moved and the starting O-line for the Raiders can play, then I think this is actually a really close competitive game. If it still plays on Sunday and the O line, the entire starting O line can't play. I don't think it's particularly close. Like I don't think it matters what the Raiders want to do on offense. I think this is a slap, like twenty seven ten. I don't think, I don't <laughs> think Derek Carr is going to be able to get anything going. I, I give him a touchdown and a field goal all game, but I don't think it it matters. <laughs> there's just there's just <laughs> no way you can beat the Bucks already with your starting O line. Um, nonetheless, like all backups and, pr- and practice squad guys. Um, so I think that's that's a blowout if the O-line doesn't play. Uh, if Assuming the O-line does play, I think I think the Raiders could still win here. I still like the Bucks to win it, um, but I think it's much closer. I think it's 27-20. But um, it, it really all depends on if the O-line can come back, come back and play for me.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's starting to heat up a little bit. We're almost to the halfway point of the season. I <laughs> I honestly didn't think we'd be here with the COVID protocols but the NFL has been trying their best. It hasn't been the greatest, but we'll see what happens again maintaining the breakouts and the bye weeks and all the scheduling. It's going to it's going to be a long season, but hopefully we do eventually get to the end of the season because it's some pretty exciting stuff. We've got lots of contenders on both teams on both in both conferences, mm. and lots of great storylines, honestly.
0: Yeah, this year seems like a lot of teams have a shot to win. And we're getting to a really interesting part of the season where we're starting to see some separation. Um, we're about some teams are kind of out of contention. We meanwhile, some teams are kind of arising as some of the best teams. So Getting closer to the trade deadline is about the time where we start to see some trades and see some teams make some moves if they believe they're contenders or if they believe that they're out of it. So this next week is going to be really interesting for that. We already saw the Bravens kind of draw the first card and make a move defensively. So it'll be interesting to see if some of the other top teams with still with some with deficiencies like Green Bay or Seattle, um, if one of those teams are looking to make some moves as well. So a re- really, really interesting part of the season for sure.
1: Definitely. And we'll be sure to keep you updated each week. Hopefully these games are awesome and we've got a lot of content to get uh, to you next week. So just stick with us and we'll keep providing the hot takes. (laughs) Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. We really appreciate your support. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at What's The Play 12 and on Instagram at What's Underscore The Play. So you can stay up to date with all our content. We want to say thank you again for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.